somewhere. Sir, you need help. I'm like, I can't edit that out. Yeah. Science. Silly science. Science. Welcome to another potentially useful episode of the TCAP Sloop Podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and I'm pretty confident I know who's responsible for the orchestral versions of Katrina and the Waves, Walking on Sunshine, being played by a troop of flannel-clad Bernese mountain dogs appearing in my LinkedIn feed, Danielle Brostrom. And here to explain how exactly she manipulated the LinkedIn algorithm, it's TCAP's communications manager and resident millennial, Megan Malloy. Welcome, Megan. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, glad to have you here. To better prepare ourselves for her insightful missive, let's doom scroll to this week's TCAP Sloop Moment of Zen. The whole idea of compassion is based on a keen awareness of the interdependence of all living beings, which are all part of one another and all involved in one another. Thomas Merton. Now that one, we might have to let it sink in mm-hmm. a little bit. That yeah, was a lot. Yeah, simmer a little. <laughs> that was a lot. Take a moment. All right, let's dive in. So tell us about yourself, Megan. All right, my Give name. Give us a little background. Sure. My name is Megan Malloy. I am the marketing communications manager here at TCAPS. Um, my experience is pretty much in that communications and marketing. I've worked as a marketing director for a winery, Chateau Grand Traverse, here in Traverse City. And before that, I worked in the tourism industry, uh, Mount Pleasant Convention and Visitors Bureau. But I started out there. Um, that's where I got a lot of my training. My expertise is really in writing. So marketing, English is my major. But um, I started out at the Visitors Bureau and with the Pure Michigan team, Social media was really becoming a thing. Digital marketing was super big. You know, of course, that was like 2014, 2015. So it was in it. They were doing lots of training. I did all of my training pretty much with the Pure Michigan team and then just started from there. <laughs> it's been a ride. You've had nothing but social media as the driver for what you're doing your entire career. Yeah, pretty much. It was like we hired a young person. Um, you know what social media is. <laughs> Let's send you to... Kind of how you ended up here on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She's saying words we don't understand. <laughs> and so, yeah, it really was. They were like, we need to understand this. We need to capture it. We need to utilize it, especially in the tourism industry. You're trying to reach people from all over the world and bring them here. Social media is was is still one of the best ways to do that. And so there isn't really a college course. There might be now, but there wasn't then for, you know, social media marketing. It wasn't quite a field yet. And so it was just a lot of on-site training and learning and being on the platform and a lot of networking with other people that are learning the same things. And how is, you know, ads manager working for you? And how are you running this campaign? And did you see that Facebook changed this? Oh, look, they changed it again. And that's still happening now. So it's ever evolving. When you say ever evolving, what are we talking about? That's ever evolving. Well, yeah, the, the topic of our conversation today is about social media algorithms. True. What is the algorithm? Well, the algorithm is basically um, a set of rules that um, social media sites use, that search platforms use to send deliver content to you. And so the main things that the algorithm looks at are relevant topics, so things that are going on in the world that most people are generally interested if they're relevant. If it's interesting to you, it's things that you've clicked on. You know, if you're a cycler, they're going to show you cycling stuff. It's things that you're interested in um, and then things that you engage with. Um, and so that means things that you like, things that you click, scroll on, go to their page, anything when you're engaging with their content, Facebook uses that towards the algorithm to decide what it's going to deliver to you. And to remember, Facebook is not on your side. The algorithm isn't built for you. It's built for Facebook. Facebook's goal is to 
make money and to keep people on their platform so that they can send them more ads to make more money for the people putting ads on Facebook. So they're going to deliver things that are engaging to you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for you. So that really became a thing during the 2016 election when there was a lot of polarizing information online and Facebook realized that we can capitalize on this. We can keep delivering you things, whether it's something you agree with or disagree with. If it's something where you're reading the comments, you're clicking, you're liking, you're reading that news post because you're interested in that topic or because it's enraging you and you're going to sit on the comments and argue with someone, Facebook's going to keep sending you that because it's keeping you on their platform. So did you see a significant change in how the algorithm was working during that time? Yeah, that was right when I started too. So I started 2014, 2015 time. And so I had some experience, at least a year under my belt of seeing how the algorithm worked, seeing how you can pick your audiences, how you can deliver to people. But it was mostly based on your interests. It was chronological order, things you clicked on regularly. There wasn't, I wouldn't say at that time, at least in my memory, a ton of polarizing content where you're like just stuck in the death scroll of, you know, going through and going through and I can't get off of this and stop looking. But then when there was so much content going out, I think during that election, that's when I saw a big change. And if your content isn't keeping people engaging, it doesn't matter if it's interesting to them, Facebook isn't going to serve it as well as if it's engaging. So engagement is its number one topic is getting you to click comment, because then when you click and comment, it's going to put that in the news feed that Danielle commented on such and such post. And now Danielle's friends that are interested in the same thing or might dislike the same things are going to go see what Danielle said on that post. And now they've garnered three more people on that post. I think that was definitely a time where I started to see the importance of engagement take the top of the algorithm. Tracking pixels. Yeah. So that's another thing. (laughs) (laughs) Explain what a tracking pixel pixel is. Um, So simple version, basically, a tracking pixel is like a code that you can put on your website and it tracks the action. So if you're on Facebook and you click on one of our TCAPS ads and we we don't have a pixel running on our website, but if we did, you clicked our ads, went to our website, that pixel is going to track what you're doing on our website and then use it to deliver your content back on Facebook. And they also do that on third-party sites. So Facebook works with third-party websites. I don't know the list off the top of my head. But so when you're not even on Facebook, when you're on your phone and you're on Google and you're clicking on websites and you see an ad for a pair of shoes that you like and you, you know, click on it or maybe look at it for a second, then go back to Facebook a day later and you see that same ad. That's because Facebook is partnering and or they maybe have a pixel on their website and it's tracking you back to Facebook saying, hey, you clicked on this on our website. Now we're going to serve it back to you again, which also comes back to retargeting. Websites can also retarget without a Facebook pixel. So we can put tracking on our website that we do internally that tells us what actions you're taking on our site and after you leave our site so that we can then retarget our ads to you. So the algorithm knows you were on our website. It knows that you were there previously. It knows that you were looking at this and now it's going to serve you an ad that relates back to that so that you're retargeted and re-brought back to that ad and reminded of it again. This is very creepy. Facebook is not the only one that uses tracking pixels. No, I'm talking about Facebook specifically because that's what I'm most experienced in. But yeah, pretty much any, and it doesn't even have to be a pixel. Like I said, it could just be retargeting that you're doing, which is just a type of marketing, just like doing digital marketing and putting your ads on the side of Google. Retargeting is a part of that. It's just telling your paid ads that once this person clicks on it once, I want to send it to them again. I want to make sure they see it again, that they're not just getting served that ad once. And so you can do that with or without a pixel, but with a pixel, it ties it into your social media too. So that way they're seeing your ads on the internet. They're seeing your ads on your page. They're seeing your ads on social media. On the other side of that, it's a balance. Mm-hmm. The algorithm still has to be useful. Yes. Otherwise, 
they're going to lose the viewer. Right. So, so what is the upside of this? Yeah. So <laughs> well, give me some good. So the upside, she's planning her bunker. <laughs> right. Right. The Legit, algorithm, right? you know, wasn't just invented just to scare you and just to track you down and follow you around. It was invented to serve you content that's usable, that's important to you. I have young kids. So when I do get an ad for, oh my God, that's a really cool toy I haven't seen online anywhere. Like, thanks. You know, that's good. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to see that. Now I'm going to get a thousand ads for toys after clicking that ad, but you know, it served me something useful or, well, you know, you've got influencers for everything. So it serves you the type of person that you want. You know, I don't want someone, I'm not the type of mom that's in heels and (laughs) a two-piece, a three-piece suit, you know, whatever. Like, no, I'm comfy, easy, fast meals that are healthy. And it knows that and it's serving me that content, not just mom content. So it does specify it to your interests and your needs. So how can I hack this algorithm to make it more beneficial for me? Because I do see a lot of things that are not. Right. But I would like to see more things that that work for me. Right. And so you can use the algorithm to your advantage. It takes a little bit of work. It takes some commitment. It takes you saying, I want to see more things that are valuable to me, more things that make me maybe happier, more things that are not triggering for me, whatever that might be. Um, And so there are a number of ways you can do that. Um, You can make sure that you are uber engaging with content that you really like. If there's a certain topic that you really love, seek that topic out, search it on Facebook, go to those pages. If you see one of their posts in your feed, make sure you click it or like it or click on the post to read whatever it is. Even if you're just clicking it for the sake of like telling the algorithm, I want this, I'm not actually going to read this article right now, but I clicked it. I gave them a click. Facebook sees that as a positive. I'm going to keep serving you this content. So there's sponsored posts and suggested posts. Suggested posts are given to you like we think you might like this content. It's not necessarily a paid ad. It might be a paid, like, I don't know why it thinks I like cooking so much because I'm really fast and easy, but it serves me like suggested posts for me. I get tons of like this recipe and this crock pot recipe and these, you know, here's how to make your yeast. I'm like, I don't make bread, but okay. And so for a suggested post, you can, there's like, if you go to the top right corner of the post, there'll be like an X basically or a three dots for options. Um, for suggested posts, you can tell it, um, don't show me content like this. Um, or you can say, show me less of this or pause it for 30 days. You can tell it not to show. For me personally, I don't like seeing political stuff in my feed. Anytime I see a political post, even if it's like I follow NPR, I like reading NPR, but I don't necessarily want a ton of political stuff. So even if it's an NPR post, I will click, do not show me content similar to this. Facebook's like, okay, because we don't want you to jump off. You know, we want you to keep, we want to keep you on here and we might want to upset you a little bit to keep you engaged, but we don't want to totally turn you off. So it will take that into consideration. Um, And so if you're constantly telling it, I don't want this, like, I do want this, I don't want that, snooze this, don't give me this content. And if you mirror that on Instagram too, because Instagram and Facebook are now owned by Meta. And so you have to make sure you're doing it on both platforms <laughs> because it'll right, come right back to you. If you're trying to organize your Facebook algorithm really nicely and you're staying on top of getting rid of content you don't like, um, but then you're on Instagram clicking on everything you can possibly see and commenting back to people on things that you don't want to see on your Facebook post, it's going to come back to your Facebook post. And so you can work with it and tell it what I do and do not want to see. And it will listen to an extent. <laughs> I thought this was interesting. The recommended posts are much stricter Facebook's much stricter on what's allowable as opposed to what's in your feed. So think of your feed as false free speech. All, there, all the, the breaks are off there. There are some restrictions as far as what can appear in the recommended posts, which I thought was interesting. And so they can kind of play both sides of that yeah. coin a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
And the other big thing, it's it's suggested and sponsored and suggested to you is usually organic content. It might be something that they also pay to put money behind, but it's generally organic. And then for that reason, it can be more free speech because it's just, it might be pages you're just interested in or people you might want to follow or businesses you might like, whereas sponsored post has money behind it. That means they have to follow guidelines from Facebook. Um, you know, they can't necessarily be super biased or, um, you know, discriminatory in their practices and they have to be careful about what they say. And, you know, then there's the differences between um, adult content and child content. And you can, if you make determinations, there are even more guidelines. If you're saying this ad is going towards parents and kids, there's even stricter guidelines on what they can put out there. And there's differences in how you can handle those. Suggested posts, um, you can say, show me less content like this. It's snooze for a little while. You can't say like, don't show me this ever again. Whereas with sponsored paid content, you can click down and say, do not show me this ad. So this has changed quite a bit since you came into the field. Um, <laughs> what what ways do you foresee it possibly changing in the future? Do you see us maybe making more of a um, a choice to cut down our social media time to like, what do you think might happen? I think it depends on the individual for sure, because I do foresee certain people, I think the younger generation too, I think we may see them take steps back from social media at times. I think they're more self-aware of how it affects their mental health from more of the social media itself standpoint. I mean, it's always developing. I mean, you've got new platforms coming out all the time. A few years ago, we didn't have TikTok or we had Vine and then Musical.ly and how all of those evolve and change. I do foresee the algorithm has to continue to learn. It has to, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, we get updates every year on here. How, I mean, honestly, you could probably get monthly updates on how the algorithm changes. And so I do foresee it changing and it, it has to take into consideration what we tell it and what we want to see because otherwise people are just going to say forget it. I mean we there's so much conversation around the problems with social media that if they don't work with us eventually I do see a, a pushback on it and people being like this is just not good for us. But other people are going to be like nope I'm still scrolling forever you can't get me off but I do foresee that and I also see AI coming into it because the algorithm is going to get smarter and more intuitive I would imagine with the implementation of AI and the way you can prompt AI and I think it'll change the way you can prompt your algorithm and the way you can tell it what you want to see. I mean, I don't, who knows? The algorithm might be, become conversational at some point where your feed is a chat that you go into and you tell your AI chat that you don't want to see this kind of stuff and you do want to see this. And I definitely see it changing and growing because it's it's constantly, I mean, even just within Facebook, when I started, you could just boost a post. You could put $10 behind it, it was boost it, just pushed it out a little bit extra for you. Then they opened Business Manager and you could boost a post or you could do a paid post. Um, and, you know, it's just pretty simple. And you now they've got the whole blown meta Business Manager and you can schedule your posts and you can target organic. You can test campaigns against each other. I mean, you it's constantly evolving. So, I mean, I haven't even been in the field 10 years, so I can only imagine what the next 10 years look like. There's a lot of questions going going I have on here. So many questions. I'm my brain is thinking about how how do we prepare our teachers mm -hmm. to prepare our kids for living in this world. Mm -hmm. Our kids don't always understand how these algorithms work and how the ads and how the things are being served to them on social mm -hmm. media. So they're getting on social media because that's where their friends are, because that's where their um, after school club is, or or what? Because that's where their parents are posting pictures of them. Okay? Well, that's where their interests are. Right? I think that's the the big thing that we're missing. When we look at the positive side of the algorithm, if you have an interest, 
you can find your people. Yeah, that's, 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 that's another that's thing. That's the that, amazing mm-hmm. thing about Absolutely. social media is you can find your people who have share common interests on there or information about that, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. However, all the social media companies don't just give you that. I mean, you can prune and that's great, but the algorithm is set up not to give you consecutive things on a topic. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not even the first thing that you're pruning to. It's three, four, five things deep, you know, so that you're actually manipulating multiple interests. So you actually have a diversity of interests that then the algorithm can kind of go, oh, I can give you this and this and this and this, yeah. and it's still within a field of of safety. But that's that's getting complex. Right. And if, like you said, it's not going to serve you the same thing over. So you can't basically tell your Facebook algorithm, I'm only interested in horses and you can't show me anything but horses. (laughs) It's not going to work because like Larry says, it has to be diverse. It has to keep serving you new content or you're going to get off. It has to be creative. So you do have to go into it with the idea of I have to tell Facebook that I have a broad, you know, number of interests. And you brought up an interesting thing about how can teachers use this. And if I was a teacher, I think I would almost have a separate Facebook, a separate social media account that was all about education. Like I went on there and I only listened to TED Talks about education. I only followed education pages. I only followed pages on subjects and influencers on subjects I'm interested around education. I only click on ads that were for my classroom, that were for building things. And I think you could build a pretty, it would be interesting to try and do that and keep a page that's just for education focused, just for helping you for, you know, following for ideas for your classroom and different things. Like that's what I would probably do to leverage it. And maybe not even add like friends. Or if I did add friends on there, it would only be other teacher pages and stuff. Like just don't even get any other suggestions other than give me content about education that's going to help me. And I think for students, it's all about education. Like as a new parent, I think about that every day where I'm like, how am I going to approach my kids about social media? Like I came into it uh, when I was in high school, MySpace first became a thing. And my parents were like, you absolutely cannot have it. You will not have social media. You will not go on the internet. No, we went to the Apple store and I made my MySpace account at the Apple store on one of their laptops. Like, oh my goodness. (laughs) And so I just think that it's going to, they're going to do it. They're going to be on it. Like you said, their friends are there. So I think it's open and honest conversation. And I do, I would hope that in the future, like our computer literacy classes will take that into consideration. When you're teaching, like I took one computer class when I was in high school and I cannot tell you how much I've used that one computer class that taught me how to use Word and how to search things on the internet and how to use an Excel document and like the ex- export PDFs, like so simple. But my com- one computer class from high school, I might've been my most beneficial class. And so I hope, I know you're going to love to hear that. We've so heard I, you say that. And I'm not, a, and I will complain about technology all day long, but it's been so beneficial. And I hope that the computer classes will take that into consideration there. I mean, there has to be some sort of some sort of education there for students about this is what's safe. This is not how how to find misinformation and and to make the assumption that the kids just know they because don't. yeah they don't. They don't. And, and the fact that the algorithm is constantly changing and updating and interestingly you know you were commenting that it, it changes all the time. Constantly. Social media companies, if I'm correct, don't let you know. No, no, I, not even as when they know you're a marketer, when they're no, like I've had an ads account with Facebook for nearly 10 years, a personal one that I've run at. They don't send you an email saying, hey, we're making this update. Hey, we're testing these changes. One day you go in and it's just not there. And you're like, but my calendar isn't here. <laughs> so then you go to your group of Facebook marketers and say, hey, guys, did you notice? And everyone's like, yes, we know. We're all with you. It's like, okay. <laughs> and there's my people. <laughs> how fun. Yeah. <laughs> that we all just sit and complain about how it's not working the way it should. So what can we do 
to fix this. Um, I give, think, give me the solution. I need something to walk away from here. Yeah. So I don't go build that bunker. Yeah. And Please. I don't I don't think it needs to be a level of like paranoia and Big Brother is watching you. It's just um, well, you've already <laughs> said that they are. I know, <laughs> I I'm, gonna there. I'm gonna backtrack and try to unscare people. <laughs> they are watching, we know this, but it doesn't all have to be big and scary. I think it's just a level of self-awareness. I talk to Larry about this a lot in the office when I'm like, shoot, I just clicked on another post and read through the comments on something that I do not want to see in my feed, but I knew that the comments were going to be interesting. And so I read them and now I am going to see this over and over again. So it's just that level of self-awareness. Like, you know, you're clicking on the thing that is keeping you on there scrolling because you're like, oh, what did they say about this? You know, like, don't do it. Don't click that post. Don't scroll. And like another thing, don't click the quiz about what color your personality is because that's how your Facebook page gets hacked and that's how <laughs> you lose control. They are not out there to actually let you have a fun quiz about your personality. Not all of those are just trying to get your email address. So don't click those. Don't click on the ads that are controversial that you don't want to see. But do click on the things that you do like. Do engage with people that you do like. Um, it goes the same thing people complain a lot about not being able to see their friends in their feed and they think if they copy and paste a certain paragraph that now you're going to be able to see everybody. You can go into your friend's settings and Facebook suggests, it thinks it knows who you're engaging with, who you like to see, but you can go into your settings and you can say, I want to see these people's posts. And so you can do that too. If you're like, I really want to see my friend John's posts and I don't see it enough, you can go into your settings and click, I want to see John's posts. So it's just a little bit of self-awareness, trying to take a little bit of control back because you do have control over your social media platforms. They're not in charge of you. You control how much you're on there, what you're viewing, what you're consuming. So you can take that back a little bit and it's just day by day, slowly, and it will get better. Like my algorithm, I think I have some level of control over it, except that it still thinks I can cook. <laughs> but you just talked wants, me off the ledge. It wants me to cook. It's well, like you're a mom. You should be baking bread. Come it, on. <laughs> it goes back to a moment of Zen we had a while back. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we go on to social media, and I think this is where the damage can get done when we're looking for just a mindless scroll. Mm -hmm. And when we're doing that, that's when we're clicking on things we shouldn't be clicking on. We're looking at things that we shouldn't necessarily be looking at. Not that it's bad, but it's not necessarily conducive to creating an environment mm -hmm. that we're going to appreciate later. Right. If you click on that app, that Facebook app, you do have to be in the right mental mm -hmm. space to go, this is going to not just be this one time. Mm -hmm. Everything that I do on here is going to affect the next 20 times. Mm -hmm. Also, if you're commenting on something, that's seeing engagement. Right, that's still engagement. That's still engagement. So if if there is a post or a person or whatever that you would like to see more of, make a comment. Yeah, just seek them out, search their page, go to their page. Now Facebook is absolutely going to serve you their content. Like <laughs> I looked up a friend from high school the other day, not thinking about it. I was like, how is this person? And now I'm seeing all their posts. And I'm like, I have not talked to this person in 15 years. If I am not thinking and like their posts, they're going to be like, where in the heck did you come from? <laughs> like, Maybe to listen to this podcast so yeah, they can understand. And then they will know. Yeah. And so they do move those settings around. It can be hard. But if you play with your settings and get in the back end of your friends lists, you can, you can find it. And you can go back into your settings and there is an area for advertising and sponsorship and you can tell it what your advertising preferences is. And, and Facebook will try to guess. So when you go back there, your settings will be set. Like it'll set what it thinks your political beliefs are. And it's kind of interesting. And it'll you can see what it thinks your religious beliefs are. And <laughs> sometimes it's way off and sometimes you're like, okay. <laughs> so there's some digging around you can do on there. And awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Any more questions you can ask our guru? without you like, building the bunker. I want to know. I have a lot of things to do here with teachers. I really do think we need to be better about talking to kids about the algorithm and how how it works for them, but also 
how to keep it healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is an algorithm? Every company has their own special sauce. And, and like, not just social media too, right? Google. Yeah. Right, because Google, I use Google all, to search. They all have and, an algorithm. They're all they're all going to be tracking you. So like Larry said, when you open up that Facebook app, when you open up Google, when you open up Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, you are consciously putting information about yourself in, out to the internet. You are telling it whether it's you think you're just telling Facebook or you think it's midnight and you're just scrolling for entertainment. You are telling the internet information about you. And it's going to come back somewhere. It might be on Facebook. It might be on Google. It might be on Instagram. So just be aware. Just awareness of that, of what you're telling the internet about yourself. Tech Tool of the Week. <laughs> Tech tool of the week, uh, Common Sense Media, of course, has some great lessons for students about the algorithms and just kind of reminders about how it can influence what you see online. And it's done really well. Um, this particular one that I'm going to link up is an AI algorithms. How well do they know you? It's listed for grades 6 through 12, but I think it could be used all the way down to 4th or 5th. So go check out what Common Sense Education has to offer in the algorithm space. It's like a one-stop shop for being smart It totally online. is. I know, right? Mm -hmm. So, Megan, where can they find you on the socials? You can find me on LinkedIn. That's pretty much where I am publicly, socially, yeah. is on LinkedIn. So you can send her the, <laughs> Burmese, Malloy. the Burmese Mountain Dogs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And you, Danielle? At Brostrom DA on LinkedIn. All right. TCAP Sloop is on LinkedIn, Facebook, the artist formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram. Rate, review, subscribe. How many stars, Danielle? All of the stars. All of the stars. All of the stars. All the stars in the sky, they're beautiful. I we want love 11. Stars. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it up to 11. I want 11 please. stars. Okay, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Moving on. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Podbean, CastBox, Overcast, Allborn, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs>